Thank you for joining today's Accelerate Your Performance podcast. And thank you for having a desire to be your best at work and helping your organization achieve success. The podcast focuses on tactical actions to improve workplace culture. And these tactics align to our nine principles for organizational excellence. Today, we'll focus on losing your way. Engaged employees are enthusiastic about work, committed to doing a good job, and committed to coworkers. They also are committed to helping the organization achieve positive results. On the other hand, disengaged employees usually come to work and will do the minimum required and tend to be looking for that option to leave. When we look at the latest Gallup research on employee engagement, there's some good news and bad news. The good news is the percentage of engaged workers in the U.S. is as high as it's ever been since Gallup started reporting this national figure in 2000. The bad news, a little over half of our employees still perceive they are not engaged, with 13% reporting they are actively disengaged. So better news, but still not so good. What does this matter? Gallup also reports over the years that organizations with higher employee engagement perform at higher levels. So we would, we would guess that that would occur, um, but they've really discovered this along the way. The organizations achieve higher profitability, better customer engagement, and better employee retention. And most important as leaders, we focus on employees because it's just simply the right thing to do. So we can look at all the stats that are out there, but at the end of the day, as leaders, it's just the right thing for us to do to really help the people that we work with each day reach their highest potential. So today I hope to reinforce why attending to employees and checking on our organizational engagement levels are both important. All of us have lost our way at some time or another. We were really excited or passionate about something and then slowly felt the excitement dwindle until one day it was just gone. When I think about some passion of mine being gone, I think about my childhood tennis story. From the time I was a youngster, I loved tennis. I loved to watch it and I loved to watch people play and I would go out in the on the driveway and I would hit the tennis ball against the house, sometimes hitting the window when I didn't have such a good shot. And so my parents finally broke down and bought me a toy where we would, I would sit it on the driveway and it would have a, a ball that I could hit and it would come back to me. And so I really learned to play tennis using that toy. It saved a lot of windows along the way. I also loved, and I'll date myself here, but I loved Yvonne Goolagong. If you remember back then, for those of you who can, Chris Everett and Yvonne Goolagong were very competitive with each other, and most people liked Chris Everett. But I liked Yvonne Goolagong, and I liked her because she had a one-handed backhand, and I just thought that was really cool. So I spent my allowance money buying tennis magazines and watching to learn. And so what I wanted to have was a backhand just like Yvonne Goolagong. I kept playing throughout my years as a youngster and made it into high school. And my sophomore year in high school, I decided I would try out for the tennis team. Well, I happened to make it. 
And so it was a lot of fun. I had friends and made friends and just had an opportunity to play. So I was not really good enough to play the matches in the top five, but I was good enough to be a part of the team. Our junior year, we hired a coach because the the women who were young women who were playing the top five were pretty good. And so I got an opportunity to be part of the team that was coached. So I was so excited about it. And then when I went out every afternoon, what I realized is he wasn't there to coach me. He was there to coach those five. And so I just longed for the opportunity for him to pay attention to me. And every now and then he did. And it was just one of the best days that I had had that week. So I graduated from high school, did in my senior year, made it to the top five and played competitive tennis that year. And when I made it to college, I remember running. I was a a runner, and so just for fun, and would jog, and I would go by the tennis court, and I would sit and watch the tennis team. And at that point, I was like, boy, I wish that could be me. So when I started my professional life as a teacher, I just continued to play tournaments. And one day, I went out, and I was playing a tournament, and I had actually gotten to the finals. I was playing a really good player. But every time I would just about win a point, to win the game, I just couldn't find it in me to do it. And so when I walked off the court, the individual who was my competitive player on the other side came up to me and said, you're a really good player. Just let your mind get in the way. That day has stuck with me all my life. And to be honest with you, it was just the last day I decided to play tennis. just didn't seem the same. So I started learning to play golf so I could replace my passion for tennis in some way. So what's the point of this story? The point is I was not able to nurture my passion without a coach, somebody to help me get better, encourage me when I needed it, change my approach to get positive results, and recognize me when I was on target. I wonder if we could shift the engaged worker results from 50% to that 100% mark if we as leaders were better coaches with our teams? You know, I think we could. So what are the three things we could start doing tomorrow to make this shift? One, know what our employees are passionate about, because we can't do anything unless we know that. And two, relate their passion to something they do at work. And three, if they seem to be lost, let them know we care and ask them, what they think the two of us could do together to get them back on track. Last week, I was in the TAG office at our local community. I bought a new car, and I bought it out of state, so I had to go to the TAG office. When I walked in, I don't know what you all feel about walking into offices like that, but they're usually pretty stale. And so when I walked in, I'd made an appointment, and my number was called, and I went to to the desk, and I met this person named Lacey. She's friendly. She was very friendly, smiled. She had happy stickers all over her cubicle. And I just knew at that moment in this stale place, here's Lacey with positivity being very meaningful to her. And she made me smile. I felt open to engage in a conversation with her. And even while she was doing something on the computer to complete my paperwork, I, I wanted to stay engaged. In fact, I felt guilty if I started to look at my cell phone, like I'd look at it and I'd put it down. 
because I felt like it would have been disrespectful to her. And then we entered a conversation when she said, where's your temporary tag? And I said, oh, I threw it away. I put my real tag on. And she said, oh, my gosh, don't you ever do that again because you have just broken the law, which I had no idea. She said, next time you come in right away. So when I left that day, you know, I just felt I smiled when I left, smiled when I got in my car because it was just a wonderful encounter with Lacey. So if I were Lacey's leader... I would know Lacey and show her and others. I know that that positivity is critical to her. Then I'd make sure her professional development and employee conversations connected to her passion. I think I'd reinforce how important her positivity is to the organization, you know, to the customers and to her coworkers. And finally, if Lacey happened to come to work with a less than positive attitude in a consistent way, I think I'd show care and concern and ask, what can I do to help her? And what would be helpful to her at work to keep her positive spirit and passion? Because it would sure be a shame if Lacey came to work without that positivity. Lacey's a model to her coworkers. She provides great customer service. And think about this. Lacey, like many of our employees, comes to work doing the same job each day. Wouldn't it be easy for her to lose her way doing the same thing day in and day out. And I'm sure she engages in some people who aren't so friendly to her. And what makes Lacey happy is connecting with people. She got a lot of satisfaction with helping others. Wow. I'd take a Lacey at work any day, wouldn't you? How many Laceys lose their way when they don't have a good coach? Someone to care about them? recognize what they're passionate about, and change things up every now and then. Years ago, I needed that one person to share my passion for tennis with me. And when it didn't occur, I lost my passion, and I left one sport for another. And similar to the way I think people change from one job to another. So this week, let's do two things to keep ourselves and others from losing our way. First, do you have a story like my tennis story? Retell it to yourself and recall how it made you feel. Or maybe you're in a job position where you're losing your way now. Ask why to know how to keep from getting lost. And then second, find an employee on your team that may have lost his or her way, which means they're losing their passion. Let that employee know that what he is passionate about is important and let him know why. Let him know how his passion connects to the work and ask how you can help support him. Ask him, how can I be helpful to you? And let him know that what he cares about certainly matters at work. I promise these simple acts will make a difference in the lives of others. You could be the catalyst that keeps people from losing their way. So why don't we be that leader just be that coworker. Thank you for tuning in to accelerate your performance. I look forward to connecting with you on our next podcast where we'll focus on reigniting your passion. Have a great week.